Welcome to the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, John Lawson, Senior Wealth Advisor at Asante Capital Management and Sauna Family Office. We're always looking for unique ways to educate our client families and be introduced to new clients. At Sauna Family Office, we help business owners and affluent families navigate the complexities of wealth through a variety of wealth management and family enterprise oversight services. Today on Wealth Wisdom Podcast, we have a hot topic for business owners that has become one of the fastest growing areas in business since the start of COVID. This historically is not an area that most business owners have wanted to spend a lot of time or effort in, but it sure has gotten their attention lately. And with the added complexity of rules, programs, finding and keeping employees. Peninsula is an HR consulting and health and safety outsource firm that is in business to help small business in their area of expertise. Here to talk more about it today is Pierre Bourbonnais. Welcome, Pierre. Maybe we can start by you giving us an overview of your company and its services. Absolutely. Thank you, John, for having me. Much appreciated. Uh, Peninsula, sorry, I'm an employment relations consultant with Peninsula. Uh, Peninsula is a company that started uh, back in 1983. It was started by two brothers who had a small business at the time. Uh, they actually caught someone stealing the employee that was subsequently fired for it uh, and then came back with a claim against them. So they were quite surprised by this, of course, uh, but they ended up having to pay in today's money about $20,000 to the ex-employee. And of course, another you know twenty k to the lawyer for for representing them. So, so they were quite you know surprised by this to say the least. They figured, okay, we we need to know what we're doing. Um, we don't want to repeat performance of this. And then they thought, well, how many other small businesses are in the same boat? And that was the genesis of of Peninsula as a company. So uh, we started in the UK and Manchester. That's where the the international offices are. We now have services in Ireland, in Australia, uh, New Zealand, and here in Canada since 2017. Peninsula, what we do is we help to we help small businesses in HR and in occupational health and safety. So the idea is, you know, help them mitigate risk that they're exposed to, help them be in compliance with uh, regulations and legislation, and then help them manage their employee relations right within a business. Our focus really is small, like you typically it'll be, you know, up to 50 or 100 employees. That's kind of zero to 100 where we, we focus on. Typically, it'll be businesses that won't have uh, an internal HR department simply because of one size, right? They don't they don't have enough people or, you know, who's going to you have, you have 20 people, maybe an extra 60 to 80,000 a year for an HR person. We're not quite there yet, right? So we provide those services that big corporations have built in internally, and we'll provide those uh, in a very cost-effective manner uh, remotely, right? So we're on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the phone, uh, but we become, we partner with our clients. We become their HR department. We become their health and safety department. So uh, I, I love the uh, quote your grandfather used to say, it's better to build a fence at the top of the cliff than a hospital at the bottom. That's yes, outstanding. <laughs> so from uh, an HR perspective, what yeah. are the gr uh, greatest, biggest challenges facing business owners right now? Finding employees. That's, that's one of the biggest challenges, finding the right people. Uh, and this is, you know, 
there's the, the reason, I mean, the reasons for this are, are multiple. Uh, the pandemic has certainly impacted, right? We don't, uh, we don't reproduce fast enough here in Canada. <laughs> So, so we, you know, we rely on immigration and immigration has been, I'm not going to say completely frozen over the last two years, but it's certainly been reduced. Right. So that's, that's one issue. We don't have enough people coming in. There's actually, there's uh, there was a recent study. There's over a million uh, vacant job vacancies in Q4 of 2021. Uh, wow. That is massive right, to an all time high. And, and the other, I mean, there's other aspects to this as well. There's also an aging population. We have, the amount of people that are retiring right now and will be over the next uh, 10 years is, is astounding. The statistics say that we're not going to have any unemployment for the next 10 years in this country. Yeah. So that's going to be an interest, very interesting market when it comes to you know, hiring employees. It's an employee's market, right? So challenges employees are facing at, four, at another studies pre-assessment study from a hiring firm 40 percent of workers left uh, their jobs because it didn't meet their expectations the amount of employees that are actually ghosting on their first day of work is through the roof they get hired and they never show up right yeah. um and interestingly enough out of that 40 percent 73 percent of gen z so 18 to 24 year olds left their jobs because it didn't meet their expectations so another challenge is for employers to adapt to a new or, or a younger workforce, which will represent 75% of the labor pool in the next three years. That's a huge challenge right there as well, right? Yeah, so I, I completely relate with uh, the, the, the retirement and it, and it uh, business owners know as well, it also has to do with uh, uh, um, them retiring, them selling their businesses. There's been multiple different things over the last 20 years, really, that uh, have caused business owners to just say, ah, not now, I'm going to push back. Uh, and uh, the, the, the latest being COVID. Um, but from there, what I found that it did, it was kind of the last straw. And both for people retiring and uh, for business owners selling and moving on, it has been, okay, I'm done. And now that uh, COVID's over, uh, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger and we see it fast and furious right now. So if I take your list of challenges that uh, business owners are facing right now, um, what's the magic bullet? <laughs> so, or, or let's maybe make it easier and say, what are some strategies that business owners uh, can use that are having trouble to find uh, uh, good employees? Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's many ways. Um, and, and just to name a few, uh, one of them is to offer uh, flexible work arrangements, right? That's actually the number one question right now from employees, even more so than salary is, you know, um, what is your uh, return to office policy? Am I going to be working? Do I have flexibility? Can I work remote uh, or not? Right. That's that's a huge one. Now, obviously, you know, if you're in trades, yeah, that's a little difficult. <laughs> you, know, you, you can't build a house working from home, right? Um, <laughs> another one, and especially this is really geared to uh, not just the younger generation, but, you know, is to showcase the values, you know, be open and transparent uh, about the policies and practices that matter 
the most, uh, you know, so diversity, equity, inclusion. We hear this a lot. It's it's becoming a bit of a buzzword. You might hear that DEI. What is your DEI? You know, diversity, equity, inclusion policies. Um, living in a very multicultural city as we do here in the the greater Vancouver area, we see that more and more, right? I mean, the, the, as a country, we're you know we talk about the the Canadian mosaic and such, but we see it more in the in the larger cities, of course. And when I came back to Canada uh, after many years abroad, uh, about seven years ago, I was really amazed. You know, I got on the metro uh, for the first time. Sorry, SkyTrain. Uh, I still I still can't get that one right. <laughs> so I got on and, you know, I could hear, I don't know, 10, 15 different languages going on at once. I mean, it was just amazing. I was like, wow, you know. Um, so we do have a very diverse uh, population and making sure that uh, we're showcasing our values. Uh, it definitely helps to attract, uh, you know, the, a diverse workforce, um, obviously offering competitive pain perks. Um, a lot of times we hear, oh yeah, extended health benefits, right? And that's a great way, and it is. Uh, but I think that even that has become a bit kind of standardized now. You know, most people, like most companies, will offer that uh, to a certain extent. So we might want to go above and beyond um, mental health and well-being uh, specifically. This is a really touchy subject. Uh, we're seeing a lot of issues come up around that. Uh, connecting with an untapped uh, talent pool, uh, women, members of minorities. Uh, people with disabilities, these are uh, underutilized uh, talent pools that can and should be explored by employers. Uh, when it comes to people with disabilities, for example, you know, the government even has uh, programs if, you, let's say you're in, in retail or, or something that is client facing, you have a, a, a brick and mortar place, you know, the government will actually fund the, the give you money to, to, you know, make it so that people with a wheelchair can come in and whatnot, right? Uh, statistics show, I believe that it's, uh, an employee with a disability is four times more likely to stay with you than uh, than someone that isn't, right? So there and there's yeah and and it's also about accepting, right? It's it's bringing that to the fore. Uh, it's interesting, but I believe it's like twenty five percent of uh, people here in BC identify as having some type of disability, not necessarily visual, but some sort of disability, right? And one last one, which I find I, I uh, going back to the multicultural uh, issue is uh, to focus on culture ad. So I hear this a lot, you know, well, it's just not a good fit. It's not a cultural fit, you know, a little bit from a different culture, a different way of doing things. And I don't think that's going to work for me. Let's focus on the culture ad. I mean, research shows that harnessing the power of diverse uh, of diversity and, and teams leads to better outcomes. You know, it's there's going to be less group think. There's going to be more uh, innovative uh, thought processes, right? Looking at things from a different perspective, and, and that actually leads to overall more profitability. So those those are just some of the things that you know, just off the top of my head right now. Those are, are there isn't a silver bullet. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, we'd all be using it. Yeah. Uh, but these are certainly things that we can uh, bring into place, right? Right. And I, I imagine it's a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle, uh, uh, moving these around, fit the pieces together so that it works for that particular company and the type of employees that they need. Um, so let's say we've got our employees or, or we've we've had a really good uh, uh stable workforce but um 
what we are seeing lots of right now is somebody may really like where they're working, um, mm -hmm. but they're getting poached. They're getting these uh, uh, offers that are just, um, they're, they're doing exactly what they're designed to do. They're getting people to look at other jobs, uh, even though they're happy where they're at. Um, so we can just extend that question a little bit is, um, are there other things besides the obvious, which is money, uh, that we should be looking at, or is it straight back to that list we just talked about? I think one of the critical things that uh, we want to create within our, the, the culture that we're building in our business is, uh, to create belonging. Okay. This is, this is a really key issue. Uh, creating belonging uh, within a company, you know, it's an innate human need. It's a driving force uh, for every human who's ever lived, uh, whether we belong to a family, whether we belong to a tribe, a community, a city, whatever. It energizes us in ways uh, that is, you know, doesn't really compare to much else. So there's different ways that we can do this, right? Uh, actionable steps we can do. Uh, we need to look at our employees. Uh, they, they need to be seen for their unique contributions. Uh, we want them to be connected to their coworkers and we want to support them in their daily activities and their career development. So offering uh, a, a clear career path within the company, um, you know, and, and we want them to be proud of the organization's uh, values and, and purpose. So, you know, let's, um, you know, how can we make uh, employees feel seen? Well, let's make a look at to point at their individual strengths, right? So, you know, let's get projects based off, uh, off these individual talents. I mean, not only it'll make employees feel as though their talents are recognized, the work they produce, uh, you know, they will be better, right? You know, at, at the end of the day, everyone wants to, to feel included. Uh, you know, we all want to feel liked and supported. We all want to be proud of where we work. And everyone wants, everyone wants to feel uh, like they belong, right? It's just, it's just human nature. So I, I, I focus on this, the, the belonging. I mean, there's obviously, there's, there's so much more to speak to that. Um, but building that kind of culture within your business and, and creating that, creating that sense of belonging will trump a lot of times just being offered a little bit more at another company. Yeah. We've been hearing, you know, the, the great resignation and people, you know, oh, like, oh, I'm just walking across the street because there's plenty of jobs out there. But what we're now starting to see is a lot of people are coming back to their original jobs because they were treated better there. They were they had more of that sense of, of, of belonging. They had more of that inclusion, more, more of those things. Yeah, yeah. Good, uh, good point. And uh, it, it hit hit hits home for my experience, uh, both through my clients and, uh, and for myself uh, with our, our team here at Sauna as well. Um, essentially, one of the things and, and uh, in a lot of ways, I, a, a lot of us didn't have to be as good of leaders years ago. But that is a skill that uh, probably one of the things that uh, uh, business leaders can do is invest in themselves uh, to be able to have the skill sets to do exactly what you've just been talking about. So uh, I, I, I do certainly see that. And uh, those who have those skill sets, uh, uh, which maybe historically uh, and days gone by and were thought of kind of wishy-washy, soft stuff, et cetera, they are 
um, lack of better words, they are golden right now. So let's maybe uh, um, talk about uh, some current legislation um, that might affect business owners from an HR uh, perspective. Uh, uh, I know there's there's certainly been uh, some uh, changes here in BC and uh, across Canada. Um, maybe are there some that you can highlight there? Certainly, yes. Uh, well, here BC. <laughs> sure, never a shortage. Start? So it's it's interesting. There have been more changes to employment legislation in the last two years than in the previous twenty. Yeah, and and this is a conversation I have day in and day out with employers where we've been doing things this way for the past 15, 20 years. You know? Yeah, but things have changed along the way and, and especially recently, right? I mean, there was, there used to be 12 job protected leaves. There are now 15, right? Uh, and people are a lot, really? What, what, what's this new one, right? But we have BC, the, the paid sick leave here in BC. That's kind of one of the big ones that uh, people are still kind of working their way through, uh, you know, five, Five paid sick days. Uh, I know it's impacting small businesses in more ways than one. Uh, financially uh, is one way, certainly. Secondly, uh, you know, the fact that people, we have less people with us and, and we need, you know, it, it's affecting the day-to-day -day operations type thing. At the same time, when you look at the, at the you know, having a, a, an employee who is present, but who is not feeling well, that creates what we call presenteeism. So yes, they're there, but are they productive? Yeah, not really. And there's that there's an associated cost to that. It's not upfront, but it is there. Right. And then, of course, then there's the, you know, if they are sick, if they're truly sick and, and have something that is communicable, well, you know, they're spreading that to others. So that's going to have another impact on on the business as well. Um, so but still, you know, the, the paid sick leave definitely has uh, has had an impact. What I see a lot of times or what we're starting to see now is uh, and this goes back to kind of the the compliance aspect of things so you know an employee uh will i'll give you an example someone called me the distance pierre he said i got a guy who's, who's quitting in the next uh, at the end of the month he said he wants to take his five paid sick days first what uh no <laughs> is he sick no no he just wants to tell like yeah no that's you know you can't ask for a doctor's note Really, I can do that? Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not a paid vacation, an extra vacation that you're giving, right? This is, it's, it really is there to help the employee. If you are sick, stay home, get well, get better. You're gonna be a lot more productive at the office, a lot happier, uh, you know, and, and don't worry about the financial aspect of that day, right? But it's not, it's not just a, a carte blanche to do whatever, you know? So yes, we can, we can ask for, for a doctor's note, for example. Uh, Another thing that I find interesting is that, uh, and I've seen a few cases where, you know, someone will be hired, they'll work at the company for a couple of weeks, call in sick, take five paid sick days, and then leave. And, and this goes back to that kind of compliance, knowing the legislation. Well, you have to be employed under employment standards, right? It's the ESA employment for at least 90 days before you can take the five paid sick days. Right. There's three unpaid sick days. That's different. Um, but if and, and this is what, what, you know, some of the conversations I'm having is, well, do you have an employment contract? Does it speak to the ESA? Do you have a 90 day probationary period? Is it in writing? Because if it isn't, it doesn't technically exist. Mm -hmm. Right. 
it's always it just it goes into the, the he said she said we have you know there's there's the employment standards act obviously that's the minimum right we can never do less than we can always do more than uh, but then there's common law and that's another one where uh where a lot of companies a lot of small especially smaller businesses are kind of unfamiliar with so you know they have to and, and i'm kind of getting off the paid sick leave thing here but uh you know they need to terminate someone promote them along their career path in life right um yeah <laughs> turns out you know the employee's been with them for five years so they figure well i'll just pay them five weeks and we're done well we didn't have a contract in place you know there was nothing really there so it, under common law that could easily be three to six weeks per year right you know and, and all of a sudden you're looking at uh, you know somebody's been around 10 years yeah that can be you know quite a lot of money that you're going to have to pay out uh, so you know just one more reason why uh, and we see it more and more small businesses need to kind of you know you want to get compliant you want to make sure you have all these things in writing uh employment lawyers are very well aware of this this is uh it's it's becoming a bit of an industry right <laughs> we're seeing it a lot where small businesses are being you know taken to taken to court or whatever human human rights court we're seeing that a lot again because we don't have dei because we don't have harassment training or because we don't have this uh these things in place i talked to a business Earlier, I was last week, and um, this really stuck out to me because we see these all the time. But this is one of the, the newer ones, and uh, they what they mentioned to me was they had a manager who came up to a photocopy machine. There was an employee there who was using it, and the manager looked at the person and said, "Ah, oh, you people, you're always in my way." Hmm. I said, "Wow, okay, how much did that cost your company?" 75k yeah you know, because the employee felt that they were being discriminated against yeah. and rightly so from a position of someone in a position of power they were a manager you know put in a claim and it escalated i don't know all the ins and outs of it but i do know the final result was this right well, first of all an employee shouldn't be feeling bad uh and lot and as an employer you don't want to allow for this sort of thing to even happen to begin with just from a moral perspective, an ethical perspective, but also from a, a risk mitigation perspective, right? So having proper policies uh, in place, that's, that's key. Uh, an employee handbook, what are the expectations? You know, if the contract is telling me what to expect from the company, if I came to work for you, John, the contract's telling me exactly what I can expect from the company, right? Pay, vacation time, how it's accrued, how it's been, what happens when we decide to part ways, what that's gonna look like. But the handbook, on the other hand, is what you expect from me in return. You know, if you're investing X amount of money in me per year, you don't you don't give 30, 40, 50, $100,000 to someone without stipulations, right? Maybe your parents. Uh, <laughs> and the parents so, are saying maybe your kids. Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe your kids, right? So, um, but at the end of the day, this is what we're doing when we're hiring someone. So what are those expectations, right? And are they in line with legislation? Right. So the, the employee handbook, that's a really key. Transparency is key. Everyone knows what's expected. Again, no surprises later on or as things go, go by. Does that make sense? Very much does so. And it actually leads me into, uh, I don't know, it's my, my final lead in. I, I asked you to outline what your company did in the beginning, but now that we've talked through some of the issues, um, these are things that you, uh, your company, 
helps business owners with. Um, so uh, maybe a little bit of an outlier there and just for you to clarify and then we'll get in uh, to a little bit of a little bit more of what the different ways are that you help. Um, but I often hear right now, who do I go to to help me find somebody? Is that something that you do? To find someone to... Employees. Okay. So, so Peninsula doesn't do recruiting. Uh, we do partner with, we have a number of local partners uh, that do recruitment, that do... We, so we, what we work in, again, it's the HR, but it's not... Usually when we say HR, people think, oh, recruiting. Cool. Uh, actually, that's not the aspect we work in so much. We do help you, uh, but we don't do recruiting for our clients. Right. We'll okay. guide them what that recruitment process should look like. We'll provide them with tools um, on how to, uh, but we don't do the recruiting for them. We help them with the HR management once they've hired the day-to-day -day stuff, right? All right. And sense? then so from there, lots of small businesses, if you, as you've alluded to, they're in the day um not eight hours a day you've got your eight hours plus your eight hours uh, typically or eight plus four we often talk about uh, um it's you're working in the business uh and so these things uh kind of get pushed to the back burner and uh and not done so um give me an example of a, a typical client uh, how you would help them uh and uh, what it looks like so typically you, know, you just said it you know uh, hr things that kind of gets put on the back burner uh because we're, we're not working on the business we're working in it so yeah. we've got you know everything going on you if, if you're a small business owner uh you know you're wearing multiple hats you're going a million miles an hour if you're the entrepreneurial kind you know, it's like, I've got a vision, I've got a mission, this is where I'm going, who's with me? And you're hiring a bunch of people and, you know, they're, they're there with you, right? Typically, they're not going to have that same drive or mentality or vision and, and goal simply because if they did, that they'd be starting their own business. Or perhaps you may have one or two and they're there to learn so that they can go out and start their own, right? <clears throat> but a lot of times, they're followers. And as a leader, you're going in this direction, you just expect everyone to follow and they're just as we grow, there needs to come a point where we're starting to bring in managerial skills, leadership skills. So it's not just enough to this is where I'm going, who's with me. We have to learn how to build the culture so that everyone participates in that. And one of the key ways uh, of doing that is uh, back to the, the kind of the blueprint of where you're going as a business is that handbook that I was I was referring to a little earlier. So. Typically with a small business, uh, the first thing we're going to do is or how we're going to help them is number one, we're going to create employment contracts. Okay. Because we want, we want the company to be on the right footing from the get go. So uh, we, we've, if you were a client, let's say, we're going to schedule in with a CPHR. We have a team of 40, they're on call 24 seven. Um, we're going to schedule in with them and they're going to go, they're going to build out uh, the, all the different kinds of contracts that you need, whether it's, you know, which is, is it part-time, is it full-time, is it our salary, whatever it is. And based on the province as well, our, our services are, are for right now, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC. 
So in any one of these provinces, the legislation changes and dramatically in some, in some areas, right? So depending on where, where you're at, we're going to, to build out that documentation. We're also going to build your employment handbook for you. So, you know, again, this is a meeting that we schedule you in for. It's about an hour. Let's look at who you are as a business, where you're going, what your mission is, what policies you already have in place. They may not be in writing, but you've certainly been sharing them with your employees, right? So we're going to build that out for you. Um, and we're going to ensure the compliance aspect. This is key. We want to make sure that uh, every I is dotted, every T is crossed. We're not, you know, putting things in that would not be upholdable uh, as far as legislation goes. And then any time that there is a change in legislation then, uh, that would impact your business, we'll let you know about it. We'll tell you, oh, you know, John, there's been a change. Uh, you know, this is, this is how it impacts you. And now we can update the documentation again. So... Great example here in BC, all our clients got notified back in, in, uh, in October about the five paid sick days uh, that was coming and you know, we update the documentation accordingly. That's, that's really the, the first step is getting that right foundation in place. Now, <clears throat> where I believe we really shine as a company is that we have a 24 seven advisory team. So this is, a, this is where we partner with, with our clients. We become that HR department or health and safety. We do the same in health and safety as well. So, you know, we're, um, you have an employee with bad body odor. Nobody can stand to, to be around. Okay, how do we deal with this? You know, you can't just walk up to them and hand them a stick of deodorant. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a claim waiting to happen right there. But you certainly want to have a conversation about it. Um, you know, maybe you have uh, an employee who isn't. Maybe they started really good. They were full of energy, very engaged, and you know, somewhere along the lines, they just kind of got lost in the in the shuffle, right? Okay, well, how can we get this person re-engaged? You know, we don't want to let them go. It's hard enough to find people and they're very qualified at what they do. So how can we re-engage them? You know, so we're going to work with, we're going to strategize with you on the best way to do that. Uh, maybe we do need to, uh, you know, promote them along their career path in life at some point. We have a toxic employee now. Oh my gosh, you know, okay, well, we're going to walk you through what termination looks like and the best way to go about it. And we'll provide the termination letter. We'll provide a full and final release. We'll provide, uh, you know, the, the exit interview questions and such. So this is, again, this is where we strategize with our clients. Uh, one thing that makes us unique is that uh, the, the third thing we bring to the table, we call, it's called Peninsula Protect. So it's our promise to our clients that, you know, if, if, if you're a client of ours and you do get a wrongful or constructive dismissal claim, or maybe you get a human rights tribunal claim, so discrimination or harassment, then uh, we'll walk you through the enforcement action. We'll provide the expert legal representation and you'll be covered for legal fees up to half a million dollars a year. So again, this is something unique. Uh, the caveat is that yes, we have all the right documentation in place, the contracts, the handbook, you're following the advice HR is giving you. Key <laughs> <Be> point, <laughs> if you're doing all these things uh, and something goes wrong, we have skin in the game. We take the ball, we run with it, right? And then finally, the, the, another thing we do bring to the table for our, our clients is a, a software called Bright, so Bright, Bright HR, Bright Safe. And uh, what the software, it just helps to streamline operations within the business. So scheduling, planning, shifts, uh, clock in, clock out system, unlimited record keeping, uh, there's an expensing app, there's a mileage app, the health and safety app brings your entire health and safety program online. There's training courses, there's risk assessment tools and safe work procedures and accident reporting and injury and, and hazard reporting. It's, it's a very complete, uh, robust system. And we just, you know, it's, it's part of the service that, uh, that we provide our clients. So 
So those are the four things that, that we bring to the table. I know exactly what the uh, uh, small business owner is thinking here. Uh, now at this point, there is no way I can afford that. So our, our pricing factor is, is based on, you know, our pricing, sorry, is based on, on three factors. The first one is what service do you need? You know, and, and this, we're going to work with you and say, okay, well, let's look at what you need. You know, uh, do you need HR? Do you need health and safety? Do you need the combined service? We call it full compliance. The second factor is how long are we going to work with you? So we'll typically work with, uh, with our clients 12 months, 24. So basically one to five years at a time. And we don't do more than that because we include uh, organic growth, we call it. So, you know, you have, you're a small business. Uh, you sign on for the services for X amount of time. We lock in that price. You can take your employee count to double or triple or quadruple. You, you know, you had five, you have a hundred by the end. That's fine. It doesn't change the price. It's locked in, right? So it's similar to a lease or, or a phone plan. Um, typically our services, and, and this is where it gets interesting because I get this all the time. People think, oh my gosh, this is going to be just, this is going to be so expensive. Can I afford it? I'd venture to say that our services per month are going to be less than one hour with a lawyer for the most part. Though it can range between, I don't know, $270 a month, to maybe 500. It's going to depend again, you know, timeframes, factors, what service and such, but, uh, but, and how many employees you have. Great. Well, I appreciate you uh, uh, throwing that out there. I know it's, it's, uh, it's difficult and, and please the caveat uh, to anybody listening is that uh, it has to be customized to your, uh, your own company. Uh, and uh, I think what you said right off the bat there is you sit down and work with the company to decide what it is that you truly need. Cause there's no use putting something in there that uh, you, you don't require. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I, I'm sure you'll look at a company situation and, and a, a person's trying to say, no, I don't really need that. And, and to come back and part of your job is being honest uh, and saying, yeah, you really do need that. You don't need this, but you really need to have this. Well, I, and I have had that happen. I said, well, you know, no, we just need the documentation. I don't think we're really going to be needing to talk to anybody. I'm like, you are going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it. It's just, you know, it's I, I mean, the amount of, it, it's interesting. Um, I see it, especially when, well, we've been doing this for 20 years. We never really had any problems. Great. Fantastic. The, one of two things. One, you're in a statistical anomaly. Two, you have a really good management style, you know, and you've created a good team. But all it takes is one person. You're hiring someone new. And, you know, like this, this company I talked to in Richmond not too long ago. They, this was interesting. They, had, um, they did a hiring spree. And one of the kids they didn't hire uh, came back at them with a, uh, a human rights claim based on the questions they had asked during the interview process. Again, you know, there've been things that maybe you and I would ask somebody, you know, casually, you know, a few years back. So, oh, any kids? You know, you got families. <laughs> you know, we can't do that anymore, right? Uh, I don't know exactly what the question was, but they ended up having, I think it was like eighteen thousand dollars they had to pay, and this this person never actually worked for the company. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's so landmines everywhere. Strategized with around this can really help save you a lot of headache. <laughs> Yeah, it's the old adage, measure twice, cut once. Uh, yeah. 
Well, Pierre, thank yeah. you uh, so much. Uh, I that, that was a lot of information in a short period of time. It's just, I think this is a topic, uh, again, as we deal with our business clients, it is, um, it's a scary area for business owners. And mainly because uh, we as entrepreneurs don't go into business because this is what we like. Typically, That's this is something we dislike. Uh, yeah. And we just want to get to the fun stuff, the growing, the creating, the uh, 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 pushing forward. Um, but it is so important. It's like having a great goalie behind the team there. So uh, very much appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure we'll be reaching out again uh, to, uh, to touch base with you. Just, just, as a, just to your last point there, though, if I can add this, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you have a small business and, and, you know, what are you looking at to survive is revenue sales customers, right? So you invest hundred K a year to buy leads and, and customers, you know, your orders are coming in, but you're stressing out, you know, you got some underperforming staff, you got the guy that's bullying, the chronic calling in sick employee, you know, you're scared to discipline because finding good staff is, is hard to come by. Uh, you know, minimum wage just went up again, or is coming up, right? Uh, you know, and I've got to pay holidays differently. So, you know, what do we do? Well, it's all good. What's the solution? Well, you know, just tell Marion Accounting to figure it out. I mean, she's getting paid too much anyway. <laughs> this is the kind of thing we see a lot, you know? It's like, I don't want to deal with this. This is, you're right. This is the scary, this is the elephant in the room. This is the scary thing. You know what? I don't want to deal with that. Just, just give it to someone else to deal. But then, it, you know, not always, but we're seeing more and more that these things do come back and not just bite, but take a huge chunk out of you. Yeah. Absolutely. Good, uh, uh, good advice. And again, thanks so much, Pierre. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure, John. Great to see you again. A big thank you again to Pierre for being our guest here on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast and sharing his insights. If you want to know more about Peninsula, go to PeninsulaCanada.com or even better, email Pierre directly at pierre.bourbonnaise, which is B-O-U-R-B-O-N-N-A-I-S, at peninsula-ca.com. Our ultimate goal is to educate and engage you, our audience. If you have any topics you would like us to dive deeper into, please let us know. If you could take moment to post a review that would be much appreciated as well and if you would like to access other videos podcasts or articles that we have done visit us at saunafamilyoffice.com that's s-a-n-a familyoffice.com and for those of you who don't know the origin of the name sauna family office it stems from the meaning of asante which is swahili for thank you However, the most commonly spoken phrase in Swahili regarding Asante is Asante Sana, which means thank you very much. This name represents our gratitude towards all of the families and business owners who have chosen our team as their trusted advisory council. Until next time, Asante Sana. Hi, I'm Trevor Beggs from Sana Family Office, and thanks for listening to John Lawson and the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. Here are the necessary disclosures. Asante Capital Management is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. 
Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the above, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast.